ان الحمد لله تعالى نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته last week we were looking at the first surah to be revealed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam al-hijrah after the migration of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam which means this was the first surah al-madaniyya the first Medina surah and the surah we looked at the first Medina surah to be revealed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam we looked at the fadail the excellence and the virtues of this surah and that surah was surah al-baqarah and we mentioned some of the virtues of this surah and there are many, many great virtues and excellences of this surah. Who could remind me of some of the excellence of Surah Al-Baqarah from last week? Naam. Who could remind me of some of the excellences of Surah Al-Baqarah? Naam. Jazakallah khairan. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said about the last two verses of Surah Al-Baqarah, Iqra'u. هَاتَيْنِ آيَتَيْنِ أَلَّتَيْنِ فِي آخِرِ سُورَةِ الْبَقَرَةِ فَإِنَّ رَبِّي أَعْطَانِهِمَا مِنْ تَحْتِ الْعَرْشِ That read the last two verses of Surah Al-Baqarah. For verily, my Lord, he gave me these two verses from under his arsh, under the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What are the other verses of Surah Al-Baqarah we read last week? Naam. Jazakallah khairan. The magicians or people that engage in sorcery cannot memorize Surah Al-Baqarah. Another excellence of Surah Al-Baqarah we mentioned last week was the saying of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that Yawm Al-Qiyamah, the Qur'an will be brought forth and the people of the Qur'an, taqdumuhum, and they'll be led forward by what? Surah Al-Baqarah and Surah Al-Imran. Ka'annahuma ghamamatan. They will come Yawm Al-Qiyamah as two ghamam, as two clouds, or two dark shades, or two sets of birds or flocks of birds that will share them Yawm Al-Qiyamah. To hajjan an ashabiha, that they will argue of, on behalf of the people of Baqarah and Ali Imran. So this is from the excellence of Surah Al-Baqarah. And there are the many excellences which you didn't mention. For example, Atwalu Ayah, the greatest, oh sorry, the longest verse in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is where? Surah Al-Baqarah. The greatest verse in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is where? Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayat Al-Kursi. Allahu la ilaha illa huwa al-hay al-qayyum. So we looked at the virtues and the excellence of Surah Al-Baqarah. Then we looked at the first ayah, not to be removed from Surah Al-Baqarah, but from the, the first verse to have what? Sabab al-Nuzul, a cause of revelation. Because what we're looking at now is, not every single verse, but those that have a what? A cause of revelation. Yeah, Abu Abdullah. So, 
the first verse we looked at that as-sabab nuzul was the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Baqarah verse 79. Who remembers what we looked at last week? The first verse. فَوَيْلٌ لِلَّذِينَ يَكْتُبُونَ الْكِتَابَ بِأَيْدِيهِمْ Woe unto those who write down the book بِأَيْدِيهِمْ with their hands. ثُمَّ يَقُولُونَ هَذَا مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ And then they say, this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala لِيَشْتَرُوا بِهِ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا In order to buy with it or purchase with it a small price. So this is the first verse we looked at. Then we looked at the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the second to be revealed, the سَبَبُ nuzul was the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَلَمَّا جَاءَهُمْ كِتَابٌ مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ When a book comes to them from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, مُصَدِّقٌ That affirms that which was with them, or that which is with them. وَكَانُوا مِنْ قَبْلِ And before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this to them, يَسْتَفْتِحُونَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا They used to claim that they're going to be victorious above the disbeliever from the mushikeen or the people of where? Of Medina. That a prophet is going to come, and that prophet is who? The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. فَلَمَّا جَاءَهُمَا عَرَفُوا When that which came to them, they knew and they recognized, كَفَرُوا بِهِ They disbelieved in it. This disbelief in it, and denying the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, it also led them to deny or have hatred to the Prophet, not only the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, but who else? Those, the one that reveals the Quran to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the one that exposes their plots, their lies, their kitmanul ilm, their hiding of knowledge. And who is that? Jibreel alayhi salam. So the third ayah we looked at was the saying of Allah subhanahu wa taala: "Qul man kana aduwan li Jibreel." Say whoever is an enemy to Jibreel. That's the three ayahs we looked at. We have sababun nuzul. On to the end of the ayah. And this week, bi idnillahi taala, we say we're going to look at the lessons we could take from these ayat. The lesson, the durus. Because as we said, Surah Al-Baqarah is divided into how many main categories? How many main categories? Jazakallah khairan. Five main categories. But the lessons from Baqarah, some ulama have counted them to be 47. That they take the ayat in groups. Groups of ayat. So the lessons are 47. So based on these lessons, we're going to look at the ayat, or based on the ayat, the lessons we get from Baqarah. So based on the verse first, which is woe unto those, because whale means what? Woe. Does whale have another meaning? Whale. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, for wailun lil musalleen. The ulama, they say wailun is translated as what? Woe. Right? Has another meaning. They say wailun wadin fi jahannam. That whale is a valley in the hellfire. That is so hot, the rest of the hellfire, they seek refuge from that part of the hellfire to show the seriousness and the gravity of kitabah, writing and claiming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which is why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in a hadith, مَنْ كَذَبَ عَلَيَّ مُتَعَمِّدًا فَلْيَتَبَوَّ مَقْعَدَهُ مِنَ النَّارِ Whoever intentionally lies on me, let him take his seat in the hellfire. So wail is a curse, woe, and also what? Fire. And many of us who have to be careful, especially today being, alhamdulillah, yawmu juma'ah, you receive so many reminders. If you say this durood, you say this dua, you see the Prophet in your sleep. And many of us think, you know what, we're not doing it intentionally. However, there's a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ in which he said, Kafa bil mar'i and you hadithu It's enough for a man to become a liar. To do what? To narrate every single thing which he hears. 
it makes you a liar. So every time someone falls a hadith to you, no reference, no authentication. For the all the time, kafa bil mar'i kathiban. It's enough to make you a liar. To narrate and transfer every single thing which you hear. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَوَيْلٌ لِلَّذِينَ يَكْتُبُونَ الْكِتَابِ So what are the durus we learn from this lesson, from this ayat? أَدْدَرْسُ الْأَوَّلِ For those taking notes. The first lesson. That فِي هَذَا أَدْدَرْسُ بَيَانُ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ بِأَنْ لَا يَطْمَعُوا أَنْ يُؤْمِنُوا الْيَهُودِ That in this ayah is a lesson for the believers in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not to have any hope or much hope for the Yahud the Jews to believe. Because some of the ahbar, their scholars, their rabbis, they heard the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from before. And they distorted the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And how do we know this? We said last week, to understand a verse, what must you do? If you want to understand a verse, what must you do to understand that verse? What did we mention? You look at the verse before it, and the verse after it. What is the verse that came before this, uh, before this verse? What is the verse before this verse? Yeah, Abdullah, you memorize Baqarah, right? What is the verse before this verse? Huh? Before this verse, well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَوَيْدُ لِلَّذِينَ يَكْتُبُونَ الْكِتَابَ بِأَيْدِيهِمْ It's difficult to go backwards for most people in a verse. But subhanAllah, from the hifz, from the memorization, those who have strong memorization, they could go back. From the hifz of those who recite the Quran constantly, they will know where the page starts, where it ends, roughly. They could even tell you the page numbers. So the ayah that came before this is what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لَكُمْ Do you have any hope they're going to believe in you? وَقَدْ كَانَ فَرِيقٌ مِّنْهُمْ يَسْمَعُونَ كَلَامَ اللَّهِ And a group of them have heard the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ثُمَّ يُحَرِّفُونَ and then they distort it on purpose after they understood the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Al-Yahudu from Fatiha, we said what is the attributes? They're maghdub alayhim. Allah's anger is upon them for this reason. But we said not only the Yahud, the Jews, who else? Whoever follows the attributes or characteristics is maghdub alayhim. So whoever takes the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yuharrifuna and distorts the, distorts the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, maghdub alayhi kathalik. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's anger is upon him. So that's the first lesson. And why is it so? Not to have much hope in somebody that's distorted the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibn Qayyim rahimahullahu ta'ala, to show us how we should take a lesson from the seerah from this ummah, he said, al-bid'a ahabbu ila shaytan min al-ma'asiyah. That bid'a is more beloved to the shaytan than ma'asiyah, than sinning. Why? Because the person that does bid'ah, it could be uh, drinking alcohol, fornication, adultery, stealing, he may repent. Most people that engage at the top of bid'ah innovation, they don't repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because they legislate and they justify that which they're doing. The one blessing doesn't justify it. Jayid, so you have you have no hope in them believing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this is the first lesson. So this is the danger of bid'ah. That sometimes we see people doing sins, engaging in disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we take a strong stance and we should do so. But when we see innovations, we don't take that strange stance. Yet innovations is more dangerous than ma'asiyah disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. طيب. Another lesson is that, Al-Yahud, akharuna minhum 
muftaruna ala Allah. The ayah that we're reading now, another group of them, what do they do instead of distorting? Yaktubun. They write down the words of Allah and claim it from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tayyib. So the Yahud, they have two attributes. And whatever follows them from this ummah, you find these same attributes from the people of Bid'ah. And what are these two things? Al-Kitaba wa Tahrif. Writing down and also what? Distorting. Writing down and distorting. Are there people from this ummah, yaktubuna, that write what is not from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? They are. The Quran, you don't find more than one version. Right? So what do they write down that's not from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because the sunnah is what? It's revelation, it's wahi. It doesn't speak from his own design. You have people today that write down that which is not from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they say it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is from the attributes of the Yahud. So we may be saying the path of those you bestowed your favor upon. But the actions of a person intentionally writing down something and claiming it's from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and it's not from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam it's from the actions, not of those Allah has put his favors upon but those maghdub alayhim, Allah's anger is upon. The second attribute, and you see this in tawa'i from the ummah, certain groups of the ummah, is a tahrif. Memorize this terminology, tahrif, which is distorting. In some books of aqeedah, mistakenly people call it ta'wil, to distort. But ta'wil is okay. This ta'wilu ru'ya, interpretation of dreams, the ta'wilu al-ayah. But the terminology Allah uses is what? Tahrif. You find some book of aqeedah, they say ta'wil. But ta'wil is not the same as tahrif. Tahrif means to distort. This is the second attribute of al-Yahud. And this attribute of tahrif al-Kalim, to distort a word, it falls into two categories. And you find these two categories present even in the ummah. I'm going to give some examples. The first category of tahrif, ayyu al-akh al-libi, mashallah, is writing. The first category of a tahrif, distorting, is tahrif al-lavd, to distort the wording. The second category, tahrif al-ma'na, to distort the meaning. So the first category is what? Tahrif al-lavd. To distort the wording. And the second category is what? Tahrif al-ma'na. To distort the meaning. As for distortation of the wording, there are four types of distortation of wording. Today's class is going to be a bit of a heavy class, but it is very important. Because sometimes people say, don't make it too complicated, difficult. But these points, as you will see, are very important. The first, tahrif al-lavd. We say four is how many categories? Four. The first category of distortion of word is ziyada fil love to increase upon the wording. The second category is what? Nuqsan, to decrease from the wording. The third category is what? Taghir haraka i'rabiya, to change the haraka. Haraka in the Quran or in Arabic, is the Fatha Kesra Dhamma. Fatha Kesra Dhamma. Because the Fatha Kesra Dhamma has what kind of consequences? Grammatical consequences. The Arabic is not like English. The Arabic Fatha Kesra Dhamma changes the whole meaning. So the third type is what? To change the Fatha Kesra Dhamma. And the last type is what? 
to change something tahrik haraka غير عرابية to change the haraka that has no grammatical consequences so we're going to give some examples from aqidah the first example is tahrif of the grammatical meaning or grammatical haraka change the fatha kasra dhamma Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this tahrif al-lawz or ziyadah to increase the wording but we're going to give from the examples example of changing the fatha kasra dhamma Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to Musa taklima with speech. Kalama Allahu Ahlu Bida in the Qira'a they say Kalama Allah Musa taklima. What's the difference between Kalama Allahu Musa and Kalama Allah Musa? Because things that Musa, Layla, Isa, there's no Fatha Kasr Dhamma at the end of it, right? Jayid? But what's the difference between Kalamallaha Musa, Kalamallahu Musa? Barakalafiq. If you say Kalamallahu, Allah, Lafdu Jalala, Fa'ilun, is the doer of the action. Why? Because of Dhamma, Marfu' bi Dhamma. If you say Kalamallah, Lafdu Jalala, the word Allah, Maf'ulun bihi. Musa spoke to Allah, not Allah spoke to Musa. Because they reject the attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaking. They reject these attributes. And this is why it's important not for us just to learn the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, understand the Arabic language. Not to speak the Arabic language necessarily, but understand the language. Because many of our children, when we ask them this question, even if it makes a mistake in, in reciting, it will not realize the grave error in that mistake. So this is by changing the i'rab. Another example, of a change in i'rab. And I'm going to ask Abu Rayhana this one, inshallah ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَجَاءَ رَبُّكَ يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ Your Lord is going to come. وَالْمَلَكُ صَفًّا صَفًّا And you'll come يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ with the angels in rows and ranks. وَجَاءَ رَبُّكَ جَيِّدْ وَجَاءَ رَبُّكَ أَهْلُ بِدَعَ They read it as وَجَاءَ رَبَّكَ What's the difference here? Rabbuka, who is the what? The doer of the action. Waja'a Rabbaka means they will come to your Lord with the angels. Because they say to compare Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala having the attributes of coming is comparing to the creation. So they ma'attala, they negate the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But they could not do so illa bimada except by distorting it. So they say, Waja'a Rabbaka, they will come to your Lord. They will come to your Lord. Just look at that little difference between Rabbu to show the importance for us to understand and learn the Arabic language. It's when you learn the Arabic language, you understand and you appreciate the Quran even more. طيب. So this is tahrif in that way. And it's tahrif of ma'na, distortion of meaning. And one distortion of meaning is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you notice, they're all linked to what? Aqeedah, beliefs. Ar-Rahmanu ala al-Arshi istawa. So here they don't change the word. They'll say, Ala al-Arsh istawa, Ala al-Arsh istawla. It took over the throne. But in the Arabic language, istawa, especially it's combined with ala, istawa ala, it doesn't have any other meaning except what? To rise above something. Like the ayah of the dua for getting in your car, the ayah. 
When you get, yeah, when you take over your riding animal, when you get on top of your riding animal, when you get on top of the riding animal, what you say, that meaning fasid. Why is it corrupted belief? If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gained authority over the throne, what does that mean? Somebody else had authority over the throne before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ta'ala Allah and kabira. So this is tahrif fil ma'na. So the ulama, they speak, they say, which is worse? Is it the one that does tahrif of ma'na or tahrif of the love? Which one do you think is worse? The one that changes the wording or the one that changes the meaning? The ulama, they say that the people that change the wording, they are worse from one, in one way. The one that changed the wording. And the ones that change the meaning, they're worse from another angle. As for the one that changed the wording, what did they do when they changed the wording? Why are they worse in one instance? Once you change the wording, you also do what? You change the meaning, alatul. So you've done both. Once you've changed the word, you've automatically done what? You've changed the meaning anyway. So they combine two crimes. As for the people that change the word, and some of the ulama, they say they're worse from another angle. So they're equal. How are they worse from another angle? Awam and the juhal, the general people, and the ignorant amongst the Muslims, alhamdulillah. If you come to this message now, you say, Maliki yawmiddin. They're okay. You say, Maliki yawmiddin. They have an issue in their heart. Because they used to hear what? Maliki yawmiddin. They're not aware of the different modes of recitation. And that's why they say, if they're not aware of it, you shouldn't recite recitation they're not aware of. Because it puts doubts in their heart. So the general people, if I was to say, Qul ahada, they'll automatically reject it. So the ones that change the meaning, they're more evil because it's not noticeable. It's not from another angle. If you change the fatha kasra dham or the wording, automatically there'll be an uprise. But if you change the meaning, as most amongst the general people say, this is what this means, they don't pay attention to it. So they say they're worse from one perspective and these are worse from another perspective. So at tahrif and you find this subhana malik al-Qudus amongst the people of innovation. Why do you find amongst the people of innovation? Ahmed al-Najmi said, al-bid'ah, innovation, mustaqbaha, fitratan wa aqlan. Innovations and inventing religion by your fitrah, which Allah has created you, is something disliked to you. By your fitrah. And the worst type of bid'ah is what? Shirk. So the fitrah Allah Ta'ala has created you with, you automatically hate it. But you have to beautify that bid'ah. He said, bid'ah. For that reason, the people of bid'ah, they have to beautify the bid'ah. So you find Diwali, if you understand what Diwali is about. Disgusting. But how do you beautify it? With lights and sweets. If you read the Qasida, the thing they read during Mawlid, the shirk and the kufr in that thing, but how do they beautify it? Pilau, rice. Uh, sweets, lights all around. That's why they beautify this bid'ah. Because naturally, mustaqbaha is something which is hated and disliked to you. So they have to yuharrifuna. They have to twist and turn to beautify that bid'ah. So this is from the traits of al-Yahud at-Tahrif. So now I want to look at a couple of things. The first I want to look at, inshallah ta'ala, is why at-Tahrif? We've mentioned one reason. What are 
the consequences of this tahrif. Because the Prophet because now we reach the stage of Medina, and the seerah is supposed to take lessons from it. This is his first dealing with the people of what? The people of the book. The Prophet said, You're going to follow from this ummah, the sunnah, the ways of those who came before you. From the Jews and the Christians. Even if one of them was to enter the hole of a lizard, you follow him in entering it. So when we read the seerah, we have to know, in order to avoid these pitfalls, we have to know what are these pitfalls. So what are the causes of a person doing tahrif? And what are their categories? When it comes to the Yahud, the categories of those who did tahrif are the following. Number one, yashtaruna. Allah Ta'ala said in the ayah, لِيَشْتَرُوا بِهِ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا To buy some worldly purchase, some worldly intentions. So the Yahud, they do it for what intention? Worldly intention. Likewise, when you find a person from the Ummah, everything in his deen or in his calling is financially related or financial benefit, you find yuharrifun al-kalim. They do tahrif. If it's financially related, even if he claims to be calling to the Sunnah, that I am not going to say this because commercially it's not viable. Commercially, hadith lectures is in trend. So, for example, Brother Suleiman might say, Look, Akhi, I invite you to Nigeria to give a lecture. And he's invited him to give a lecture. And he says to me, Do not go to such and such and such and such a masjid. Because in such and such a masjid, there's a grave in that masjid. In fact, you can't call it a masjid. But yet, commercially, financially, it's what? It's viable. So I go to that masjid. That's why you find, because of these dunya issues, that's why people, you have al kalim. So when I was in Sri Lanka, for example, the majority of people, alhamdulillah, the da'wah of Tawheed has spread so much, even when I take a taxi, I'm like, stop at this masjid, I want to pray. Like, no, you can't pray there. I'm like, why? Just a normal taxi driver. Like, no, there's a grave in that masjid. The knowledge is spread amongst them. Some of the taxi drivers will stop their car at the time of salah and pray outside the masjid, on the streets, because the da'wah of Tawheed has spread. So when I went to one of these masajid, why have you got this thing here? They say, look, what they call the ziarium or ziarium, it brings a lot of money. Because when people go there, when you, you know those where those graves are, what do you think people are putting in gold, silver, money? So worldly benefits. These people that say to you, instead of you making dua for yourself or doing ruqya upon yourself, I'm not saying anyone will tie for ruqya, but they say, you know what, I'll make the dua for you. I'll take you to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for you. يَشْتَرُونَ بِهِ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا So this is the first reason, a dunya. The second reason is nifaq, hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Because then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he speaks about the munafiqun. What did he say? Allah ta'ala says in the Quran, وَإِذَا لَقُوا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا قَالُوا آمَنَّا Surah Al-Baqarah. When they see those who believe, they say, we believe. وَإِذَا خَلَوْا إِلَىٰ شَيَاطِينِهِمْ قَالُوا إِنَّا مَعَكُمْ And when they go back to their shayateen, their devils, they say, we are with you. In this ayah, who are the shayateen? The Yahud. Because these are the ones they used to go back to. So they'll go back to the Yahud in Medina, and they say, don't worry, we are with you. So the shayateen or the munafiqeen is who? The Yahud. And whatever follows their path. And some of these people themselves were Yahud. They'll pretend they have Iman, faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do we see this straight in the Ummah? Yes, most definitely. 
So if you look at some of the astray groups in the Ummah, what were they in reality? They were munafiqoon wa zanadiqa. They were munafiqoon. So when you study ilmul hadith, the science of hadith, and you wonder why is there fabrication of hadith, the first reason what we mentioned here, to show the traits of following the Jews. What's the first trait? Or first reason? Dunya. When you go to Mustala al-Hadith, and you find out why did people fabricate hadith? One of the people that fabricated hadith, he said, I did it for dunya. So he fabricated the whole hadith that the Prophet wasallam said, eat melons, for verily eating melons is good for you, because he used to sell melons. Dunya. The second reason which you mention now is what? An-nifaqu, hypocrisy. So the people of bid'ah, of innovation, that are munafiqun, that want to damage Islam from within, they fabricate hadith. So the ulama, they say, when the ulama mentions, that Hamad ibn Zayd al-Azdi, naam, that this zindiq, he said, when they captured him, he said, wadu'atu, or afwan, not, this zindiq was said about him by Hamad ibn Zayd al-Azdi, that wadu'at, he said, wadu'at al-zanadiq ala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, arba'ata asha alfan hadithan, that a zanadiqa, not a person of bid'ah, heretics, a munafiq, that's infiltrated the ummah in his time alone. They fabricated upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 14,000 hadith. And that's why, wallahi, we have to thank our ulama that invented what? Al-Isnad, the science of hadith. That when that was introduced now, you can no longer lie. What do you used to say to them? Sammulana rijalakum. Tell us your men. Who told you this hadith? And they had to be what they call silsila. There had to be a chain. And the chain is not just any chain. For example, thiqa is trustworthy. He's not a liar, but he has to be trustworthy in many ways. In his hifd, memorization, in his kitabah, in his writing. Not only in his kitabah, likewise, he doesn't do a tadlis. A tadlis is, everyone knows you as what? Sulaiman. But in order for people not to know who you really are, you say Abu Abdullah or Abu Mus'ab. It's not a lie, but it's tadlis. So they introduce the science of hadith. So he said, this zanadiq of 14,000 hadith, in this time alone, he said, Lama ukhida Abdul Karim, when one of the zanadiq, zindiq, was caught, Abdul Karim, Abi Awja, Muhammad ibn Sulaiman brought him forward. And he ordered for his neck to be chopped off, because this type of nifaq is major nifaq, a major bid'ah. So he said, Wallahi, this zindiq, he said, by Allah, I swear, laqad wada'tu fikum arba'a alaf hadithan. I have infiltrated you with 4,000 hadith which are invented upon the Prophet This is the word of munafiqoon. And another word of munafiqeen, if you watch YouTube channels, they bring, what do you call it again, rare opinions. You know rare opinions that some ulama might have made a mistake in an opinion. So they bring you this weird, unusual opinion and the ulama say, man tatabba'a. Whoever follows the mistakes of the scholars, what do we end up becoming? A zindiq, a munafiq. So, some of them did it as they were munafiqoon. As thalith, the next group of people, so we mentioned a group for dunya, a group for what, ya akhi? To support their madhab, their school of thought, or munafiqoon, hypocrites. Afwa, not support the school of thought, but hypocrites, zindiq. Another group of people that do this is due to what? Ignorance. Due to what? Ignorance. How do you understand that? The ayah. 
which we're looking at is what? For wa'idun lil-lazina yaktubuna al-kitabi aydihim thumma yaquluna hadha min indillahi lashtaru bihi thamana qalila fa wa'idun lahum ma katabat aydihim wa ilayun lahum wa wa'idun lahum mimma yaksibun Before the ayah, what was before this ayah? Again wa minhum ummiyun Some of them are illiterate, unlettered people la ya'lamuna al-kitab They don't really understand the book illa amani except for wishful thinking pure ignorance and that's why when we say to Allah Ta'ala we don't ask Allah the path of those who is bestowed his favor upon, but not the path of those whose anger is upon who else? Those who are astray. Those who are what? Astray. And who are those astray? The Christians and whoever follows them. That they act without what? Without knowledge. So some of the people was ignorance. They were ubad. They were people that worshipped Allah, abstained from the dunya. But they were what? Ignorant people. So they worship Allah, but not what? That knowledge. So when you ask Allah, Mustaqim, you ask Him for two things. Knowledge and righteous actions. Because Allah Arsala Rasulahu Bilhuda within it He sent his message with two things. Al Huda wa Dinul Haq. Al Huda is beneficial knowledge. Wa Dinul Haq is what? Righteous deeds, correct deeds. So the juhal, the ulama they say about them. That this Juhal, they invented a hadith because some of them, if you study Musallah al-Hadith, they saw we saw people becoming preoccupied with knowledge of aqidah, knowledge of fiqh, and all these other things. And people, their heart softening was going away from them. Their heart was no longer soft. So what we used to do, we used to sit and get rewards by making up hadith that softens the heart of the people. So they'll sit in the masjid and invent a hadith, a du'ifa. And you might find this strange, you might find this weird. Does this happen in this time? I'm not going to mention the name of the book. When I was in Kenya, one brother studied in Yemen, a Somali brother. And he came to, he was a muhaddith. And one of these books, there's people that say go for 40, 30, whatever days, they have a book. He took that book out one day in the library. He said, if I was to do takhrij of this book, if I was to properly look at the hadith, which is sahih or, or <laughs> from this book, the book will read through two pages. I used to read some unbelievable things in this book. In this book. And some of the people that go on such manhaj, because it's in their head, they say da'if hadith. I remember one day a brother went for, for one of these uh, lectures, and the person speaking, in his jahil, he wanted to encourage the people to do good. Hope for Jannah, hope for Hurul Ain. He said, Subhanallah, brothers. The Hurul Ain, Subhanallah. A lips. Is so sweet. If you kiss her, you get diabetes. <laughs> so now I don't know if that made you hope anyway. Once diabetes, subhanallah. Anyway, so <laughs> this some people they invent a hadith. If you go to this book, for example, there's there a man one day he led his mother in salah. And I can't remember how many surahs, Surah Baqarah, I think read the whole Quran. And then he apologized. I don't know how you do that between Isha and Fajr. He apologized to his mother, like, I've been difficult upon you today. She said, difficult? What? I do this every single night. Stories, if you know, you know. Mass exaggeration. The intentions behind it are good, but this is why the reason people invent a hadith. The third reason. Another reason, those who do tahrif to support their madha, their school of thought. So the way Ahlul Sunnah is, if you want to be a Sunni, تتأصل ثم تبني. You have principles. 
And then what do you do with those principles? You build on top of the principles. Some people already have their principles, and they do what? They put the, the other way around. Then they look for evidence to support their principle. Rather, you have foundation, and based on those foundations, you make principles. Some people already have their inclination. And you shouldn't be like that. They have their inclination towards a certain way, a certain group, a certain belief system, and then they build on top of that. That's another reason people tahriful kalim. Now the consequences of a tahrif is done 35 minutes. Can I get, have another five more minutes? Jayid. The consequence of tahrif, there are many consequences. From amongst it is what? It leads to stubbornness. That even when the truth comes to you, you don't want to accept the truth because of what you've written with your own hand or you distort it. Another one of the consequences, it makes the what? A person a liar. Because they know, and lying is one of the worst of things. A believer may still do zina, but a believer doesn't do what? He doesn't lie. From the consequences is that it makes a person be amongst those Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's anger is upon. From the consequences is an-nifaq. It leads to hypocrisy. From the consequences of tahrif al-kalim amma which we'll stop with inshallah ta'ala, is... That a person, the anbiya wa rusul and the righteous, he has an enmity towards them. Because constantly, 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 what are the anbiya doing? What are they doing? They're exposing you. And that's why the Jews, they hated who? Jibreel alayhi salam. And you hate righteous people and the people of righteousness that uphold the deen. The Prophet said, in every single generation, there'll be a group of people to uphold this deen and defend it from the falsehood of the people of falsehood. And who are these people? The ulama, the scholars. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Shahid Allah annahu la ilaha illahu wal walaikatu wa ulul ilm. Allah bears witness there's no deity worthy of worship but him. And the angels and the people of knowledge. So where is the enmity now formed to the people of knowledge? This is Surah Ali Imran, Sahih. Abdullah, Surah Al-Imran, yes? So a few ayats down, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَكْفُرُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَيَقْتُلُونَ الْأَنْبِيَ وَالنَّبِيِّينَ وَيَقْتُلُونَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالَّذِينَ يَأْمُرُونَ بِالْقِسْطِ مِنَ النَّاسِ in the end, those who disbelieve in Allah, they fight the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they fight those who order with justice from the people. And what are the people that order from justice Allah ta'ala mentioned before this ayah? Ulul ilm, the people of knowledge. You start to hate the scholars from tahrif al-kalim. And that's why the people that face the most war after the anbiya al-rusul who? The scholars. So ahlu bid'ah, the enmity they had to who? Imam Ahmed rahimahullah ta'ala. Because of the, the, the fitna of what? The creation of the Quran. He was imprisoned. He was beaten and beaten and beaten. In fact, they said Imam Ahmed, rahimahullah ta'ala, they beat him so badly when they're unconscious that they cut a piece of his body and they put, I think it was a meat or some kind of poison in his body and sewed it up back again. And he became extremely ill. And one of the prisoners that witnessed it told him they had to cut it open. And there was no anesthetic, nothing, and pull that thing out again. Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah ta'ala, because Ahlul Bid'ah, where did he die? In prison. And Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala, when you read the seerah, Bagr Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala, in prison, he was still doing what? He was still writing. Where was he writing? He was writing all over the walls. 
When they took away what he wrote on the walls with, he said, now you've killed me. Ibn Taymiyyah in his time in prison, he finished the Quran 60 times. 60 times in the, in the prison. So the, the, the people, Ahbar, the scholars, Ahlu Bid'ah, they have such a war with them. They hate the scholars. And be careful of hating who? Scholars. Or backbiting scholars. Even if they fall into mistake. The greatest musibah in Tarawih, they made the Qunut. La tusibana fi deen. La taj'al akbar musibatina fi deenina. Don't make the greatest trial for us to be in our what? In our deen. If you have no respect to scholars, your musibah will end up being in your what? In your deen. People, most of straight people, they have no scholars. They don't respect scholars. Not that scholars are infallible, but respect scholars. Because when you reject them, you also reject what they you carry from the truth. So the trace that leads to or the consequences is hating of Ahbar, the scholars. So we end with a short narration here, which is the narration of Abdullah ibn Salam. Abdullah ibn Salam. Abdullah ibn Salam was from the Ahbar of the Yahud, the scholars of the Jews. So he came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam فَأَتَاهُ فَقَالَ إِنِّي سَائِلُكَ عَنْ ثَلَاثٍ لَا يَعْلَمُهُنَّ إِلَّا النَّبِيٍ This scholar of the Jews, he came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, I'm going to ask you three questions that nobody knows the answer to it except for what? A Prophet. قَالَ وَمَا أَوَّلُوا He said, what are they? He said, what is the first sign of the hour? What is the first food of the people of Jannah? What are the things, what causes a child to resemble his father or resemble the mother? So, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi Jibreel just informed me of it. He said, "Fakala Abdullah, tell me." So when he said Jibreel had informed of it, Abdullah ibn Salam, what did he say to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi He said, That is the enemy of the Jews from the angels. So the Prophet sallallahu ignored him and he continued and he said, "Qal." He said, "Awwal the first sign of the hour, or the potent sign of the hour is, a fire will come, تحشر الناس, a fire, فَنَارٌ تَحْشُرُ الناس مِنَ الْمَشْرِقِ إِلَى الْمَغْرِبِ that will gather the people from the east to the west. And so the first food of the people of Jannah is like the liver, يَأْكُلُهُ أَهْلُ Jannah, the liver of the fish, or the whale. Uh, as for, while the child will resemble the father, if the water of the man comes out before the water of the woman, it resembles the womb, the father. And if the water of the woman precedes, it resembles his mother. Tayyib. So he said, after hearing these three answers, what did he say? He said, Ashadu an la, Ashadu annaka Rasulullah. I bear witness to your message of Allah. Thumma qal, and then he said to the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi Ya Rasulullah, inna al Yahud qawmun buhut. The Yahud are people, they're treacherous and they're liars. He said to the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that if they know about my Islam, they will speak lies against me. So the Yahud came to the Prophet Sallallahu and they entered. So the Prophet Sallallahu this was in his home. He said, Ayyu rajulin fiikum Abdullah ibn Salam. What kind of person is Abdullah ibn Salam? What kind of person is he? They had the Yahud, they say, A'lamuna, A'lamuna, Naam, is the most knowledgeable of us. Wa ibnu A'lamina, the son of the most knowledgeable. وَأَخْيَارُنَا And the best of us. And the son of the best of us. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then asked them after they made these praises about him. أَفَرَأَيْتُمْ إِنْ أَسْلَمَ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ What do you think if Abdullah was to become a Muslim? They said, أَعَاذَهُ اللَّهِ May Allah protect him from that. We seek refuge in Allah from that. مِنْ ذَلِكَ So Abdullah ibn Salami came out and he said in front of the Yahud, 
Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah. Immediately Yahuda say, you see this one? Sharruna is the worst of us. Wa ibn Sharrina. And he's the son of the worst of the people amongst us. Wa waqa'u fi. So likewise, you find ulama. When they give fatawa, that's in accordance with what's upon my desire, mashaAllah, tabarakallah. But it gives a fatwa that politically, I'm speaking politically now, is not according to his desire, wallahi, ulama as-salatin, government scholars, saharatu fir'aun, the magicians of fir'aun, and so on and so forth. Inshallah ta'ala, next week, we're going to look at the next ayah. We're going through three ayah very quickly, as a brother pointed out. The next ayah is going to be sabab nuzul of taghir qibla, the change of the qibla. We're going to go through that in details, and then go to the seerah, about what what that meant, the taghir or the qibla. Subhanakallah bihamdika shadwan la ilaha anta Any questions, inshallah?